What's good, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the I Would Tell Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields here, coming back at you, coming back at you again with another episode. I got lots of stuff to talk uh, talk to you today on this first episode here in the month of December. Talk about my bungles making me very unhappy towards the holiday season. I'm going to get on Baker Mayfield. I'm going to get on the Cowboys and making me pulling my hair out this past Thursday and Friday, beating the best team in football in New Orleans Saints. And I got two guests that's going to join me later today. My man, Brendan Dillon, who you heard back early in November, who, believe it or not, I'm doing another episode at here at his uh, crib, his uh, little establishment here on uh, Willis Street. I don't even know if that's the address or not. He, he's like he's he's sitting there listening to it. He's laughing at me. But anyway, and I'll have my uh, brother Ian his first appearance on this podcast, and we'll talk some Seahawks with him as well as get to Week Thirteen of the NFL and other things. But first things first. My Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals, like I said last week, are a joke. And if there was any more proof that we are at a complete embarrassment to the sport of football, it was last Sunday. Because ladies and gentlemen, we got absolutely destroyed. By the Cleveland Browns last Sunday. The final score of that game was 35 to 20. And ladies and gentlemen, the game wasn't even that close. Baker Mayfield had shades of Otto Graham in that game. You don't know who he is? Lock him up! Baker Mayfield went 19 for 26, threw four touchdowns. It had 258 passing yards. Oh, wait, there's more. Nicholas Chubb. How about 28 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown? How about that? And oh, by the way, it gets worse on the offensive side. Andy Dalton, 10 for 17 with 100 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I'm not done. Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 89 yards, no touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, 7 receptions, 85 yards, 1 touchdown. Joe Mixon, TJ Uzama, John Ross, Auden Tate. All. Nothing. Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at a point right now with my Cincinnati Bengals. I don't even know what to do. Honestly, I honestly, I have no words for their ineptitude. I mean, Getting blown out on national television by the Chiefs. Getting t- 
tearing up the shreds by the Saints. And now this, this, losing to the Cleveland Browns. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. 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 I I honestly, I, I'm speechless. I have no, I, I, please give me answers. Because part of me is like, screw this team. Screw Mike Brown. Screw uh, Andy Dalton. Screw Mark Lewis. And, and just jump ship, become a Redskins or a Seahawks fan. Because it's like, how much are we supposed to take from this losing organization? This was the same team that started the season four and one and have absolutely hit the wall since the Steeler game. And we played decently well in that game, except for the fact that Terrell Austin, you know, Forgot how to do his job and caught a cover zero defense while they had wide receivers spread out all over the place and they had Antonio Brown in the slot. So what they do, they set up a little cheap pick play and Antonio Brown catches the ball and basically runs the rest and basically goes for a track meet afterwards. I don't know what to do. It's every year with this bunch. And I don't have to, have to keep beating a dead horse, but it's the same thing. Like, when is the organization going to wake up and realize enough's enough? Mike Brown, get your hands out from between your old wrinkled shriveled up legs and wake up! And get rid of Mike Brown! Enough! Or get rid of Marvin Lewis! Enough! When are they going to wake up, Mike Brown, please? When are you going to wake up, get your hands out from in between your legs, get your head out of Marvin Lewis's hind parts, and wake up and get rid of them? It's enough already. We've sunk so low, we've lost to the Cleveland freaking Browns. You, you, you must be kidding me. You must. You made Baker Mayfield look like Otto Graham. You made Nick Chubb out to be Jim Brown. Wake up. Change something. Get rid of Marvin Lewis and get rid of him now. Quit farting around. Get rid of him. Enough's enough. Jay Wes. It's, it's the same. Does he care? Does he care? Does he care? The answer is no. He doesn't. I'm so sick of this. 
an organization of losers. All we had left was the Cleveland Browns. You know, you look at the schedule, it's like Baltimore, huh, maybe uh, Steelers, huh, no loss. Uh, Steelers, uh, no loss. Browns win, win. They were like a guaranteed win when the schedule came out. Every single year. No longer the case. Oh, no. Because Marvin Lewis and Mike Brown and Andy Dalton, too, sticking up the joint. 100 passing. You know, what the? I've had enough of Andy Dalton. Oh, the police. I, I, I could give a crap about that dopey 4th and 12. Who, he can... People in Buffalo can worship him, can worship his losing, can worship his mediocrity the same way they worship Chip Kelly, who went to four straight Super Bowls and crapped his pants on every single one of them. I don't, please, I, I, I could care less. Enough, enough's enough, okay? I'm sick of the losing. I am sick and tired of the losing and being laughed at and going to school every single day hearing Bengals suck. I've had enough. I have had it. I have had enough of that. I've endured this for too long in my young life, putting up with their garbage. You old, wealthy, rich, shriveled up, privileged piece of you-know-what. Mike Brown. Get lost! Anyway, going over to the Browns, as you well know, Hugh Jackson is now Marvin Lewis's right-hand man. I forget this dopey talent really doesn't even, apparently he's supposed to be helping out with the defense, but the defense has looked so disgustingly horrible. Oh, God. That, his title ain't even important at this moment in time. The point is, is that, as you know, he got fired from the Cleveland Browns head coaching position earlier in the season. So what he did was he went to go with his good friend Marvin Lewis, which who he was under at the time he left the Cincinnati job. Remember, Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator. And the Bengals had one of the top offenses in the league. And the Bengals, I thought, was their chance to make a Super Bowl run in 2015. And he did so well. That's how he got the Cleveland job in the first place. Because of how well of a job he did in 2015. Even before then, he was under Marvin Lewis for a long, 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 long time. So what does he do? He gets fired from Cleveland. One of the worst records in the history of NFL head coaches. Like 3-36-1, and and whatever it is. So what he's doing, it goes back to his old pal Marvin Lewis, which I applaud Marvin for because that's how you look, you look out for your own kind like that. That's what you're supposed to do. But anyway, that's besides the point. The point is, is the idea that Baker Mayfield all of a sudden has his headband in a twist because Hugh Jackson took the job in the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Let me preference my comments by saying this. 
in no way, shape, or form is Hugh Jackson Paul Brown. And in no way, shape, or form, we good and well know that Marvin Lewis is a failure as a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. But who in God's name does Baker Mayfield think he is? Critiquing Hugh Jackson for taking a job with the Cincinnati Bengals. Who does he think he is? Mayfield said in his post-game press conference last Sunday, <clears throat> quote, left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. When asked about his fit, end quote, when asked about his feelings about his former coach, he said, I quote, I don't know. That's just someone, that's just somebody in our locker room asking to play for, ask, that's, that's, excuse me, that's just somebody that's our, that's in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team we play twice a year. Everyone can have their spin on it. That's just how I feel. And then reading out to, yeah, that's really it. But who does Baker Mayfield think he is? Who, 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 who does he think he is? Who? Who does Baker Mayfield think he is for critiquing Hugh Jackson? For taking another job. Baker, can you get your head from out in between your ignorant legs and wake up? Can 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 you wake up please? Can can you quit farting around? And can you actually think and process something in that ignorant, stupid brain of yours before you start mouthing off? Can, can you do that for me, please? Hugh Jackson was kicked out, as in contract terminated. You no longer work here. His key card does not work to get inside of the Cleveland Browns facility at Berea, Ohio. He was fired. He was terminated. He doesn't work there no more. And like I said, had a great has a great relationship with Marvin Lewis, and has worked underneath of him, underneath him, multi, for a multitude for a good amount of years. Why are you critiquing him for getting another job, basically? Why? 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 Because you because you're a little immature innocent because you're a little immature ignorant baby who still moans moans and groans at the idea he you didn't start you equal. You play the Pittsburgh Steelers. He essentially did you a favor. 
Because I'm going to tell you right now, you want to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you would have got you behind, smacked up and down the field, and then some. He basically did you a favor. A favor. They then start you against the Steelers. Because, you know, good and well that, God forbid, you have one lousy game in a season debut, and you stink up the joint and throw every interception known to man and go like 7 for 25 with 125 yards and three interceptions, it is going to be yours and his hind parts that's going to have to pay. Because all you're going to hear on Cleveland Sports Radio and Cleveland local media newspaper is, well, here we go again. You can add his list to the name of bum overrated first round early draft picks at the quarterback position of the Cleveland Browns since since their re since their re-inauguration into the league in 1999. I, Tim Couch, Bernie Kosar, um Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel, uh 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 give me Brandon said give me give me some like RG3 was drafted with the Ravens Colt but McCoy. Colt McCoy, I mean I could I could be here till next week naming all the quarterbacks. John, but Tim but uh, Tim Couch, thank you. I mean, when and the when is enough? Uh, he's gonna be it's gonna be his head if he. If, so what does he do? He starts Tyrod Taylor. So then they play the Jets, and then what does he do? He goes in, he takes him down, and he plays great. Wins the Cleveland Browns their first game in over two years, and he's sitting up here running. He gave him the opportunity to play in the NFL. What is he griping and complaining about? What, what, it wasn't like, wasn't like he, he kept drawing a bench and all of a sudden he got fired by Williams and said, you're our guy, Beck, let's go. He eventually started you. What are you complaining about? That drives me crazy. And Baker Mayfield would deserve a break. If it wasn't the first time, he's acted like a jerk and acted like an idiot. But he's acted like an idiot many a times before. That's why we sitting up here in front of the... I gotta listen to him crawl ball and ball his eye, and gouge his eyeballs out after he spit up the joint in a Rose Bowl against Georgia this past January. That's why I couldn't take him with the tears. Oh, gee whiz. It's always me. Organization. I miss the days. Oh, shut up. The place. Baker might get lost. Will you please? Enough. But I got to sit up and listen to him talking about loyalty. And rivalry and one foot out the door. Blah, blah, blah. The guy got fired. What? Wait, wait, wait. So the guy's fired. What? You, because you don't like the way he handled the the situation of you starting at quarterback. What? The guy can't get another job again. Who the heck is Baker Mayfield? What? Because you? We cut. What? Because you have? What? Because you have a, a fist up your hind parts about the way he handled starting you. What? He he shouldn't deserve to have another job again. Hey, idiot, him coaching is what pays his bills and what keeps a roof over his bald head. 
What because what because you're so salty and because you're so mad and you have, and you're throwing fits over the idea of how he handled the starting quarterback? What he's he shouldn't be allowed to work again? That's a, that's the biggest bunch of garbage I've ever heard. Who the heck is Baker Mayfield? My God, that makes me sick. Arrival? Mayfield, where have you been? You're getting you're getting worshipped like you're the second coming at Cleveland right now because you did something that the Cleveland Browns haven't done in a very long time, and that's beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Who, especially in Paul Brown Stadium, they never beat until you got there. What do you mean rivalry? These teams have combined for zero Super Bowl championships and only two Super Bowl appearances. What rivalry? Rivalry. There's no rivalry between the Bengals and the Brands. What? Because they play in Ohio and and their founders were both Paul Brown, and their colors both have orange in the thing. And that mascot is a cat and a dog? Rivalry. Make me feel get lost and, do, and educate yourself. Gee whiz. Rivalry. What? So he, because you're so mad, and because God's darling, I'm Baker Mayfield, I think I'm Otto Graham, I think I'm the second coming to John Unitas, I am Baker Mayfield. Who the heck is Hugh Jackson not starting me? I'm going to have my panties in a bunch, go to the press conference, walk and dress around in a simple dopey hoodie, and, and basically sit up there and say, well, I don't like it because he didn't start me, and he's got one foot out the door, and he's talking about go play for him, yet he go joins another. The guy was fired. F-I-R-E-D. Fired. What do you want him to do? Sit on his sit sit on his hind part sit on his hind parts and watch scandal reruns. What do you want him to do? Guy has to get a job. He's got a family to take care of. A roof to keep over his head. Yeah, when it's like he got a head coaching job. He got one of those will make him a position for him just so he could be on a payroll, just so I can help him out type of job. Assistant to the head coach, third man in power for the deep. I don't even know. I don't even know. I am a Bengals fan. I don't even know what the heck his dopey title is. I got somebody listening to Baker Mayfield talk about rivalry and loyalty when he when he cha chaed his hind parts out of Texas Tech to go play for freaking Oklahoma. Which, last time I checked, is a Big 12 school just like Texas Tech. And I got to sit up here and listen to this moron talk about rivalry. Please. Sit up here, sit up here, and, and, and coming back at guys like like Damian Moody. Come on, that's a joke. Like Baker Mayfield, how about Baker Mayfield? Shut up, shut up, play his game, do do his work, and win something. Then you can sit up here and open your mouth. You play for the Cleveland Browns, who have done nothing since Jim Brown retired. 
Jim Brown is one foot in the grave, has made a whole bunch of Hollywood blockbuster movies, and have, and have made history in Hollywood, and marched on Washington, and everything else. You guys have done nothing since then. You've done nothing for over 60 years. Red Right 88, The Drive, The Fumble. You move to Baltimore. You come back and you stick up the joint. You, you fired Belichick. You screwed up in recent history more times than you've done something successful. They haven't had a they haven't had a decent they haven't had a quarterback worth of notes since freaking Otto Graham in the 1950s. Can you want something, please, Baker Mayfield? Before you start bumping your gums. Does this guy think he is Russell Wilson? Can, can you win? You play for a losing organization. Can you have a winning season, maybe win a division or two, and win a playoff game or three before you start sounding off on other people? Because whether you like it or not, Hugh Jackson has some dirt in the spikes as far as coaching experience in the NFL is concerned. This is your sixth or seventh game in the league starting You've relatively done nothing. What? What? You want, you want us to throw, to throw you a parade because you beat the Jets and you, and you beat the Bengals and you beat the Falcons? I tell you, 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 can, you can have your parade when you help the Cleveland Browns win their first Super Bowl in franchise history and their first championship in over 60 years. That's when we can throw a parade for you, Baker Mayfield. Until you do that and until you even get a lick of success, I don't want to hear anything. Because right now, Jake Cutler has a stronger body of work than you do. Okay? RG3 has a greater body of work than you do. Andy Dalton has a, body, has a greater body, or body of work than you. I don't want to hear it. After you, after you walked out on Texas A&M and said, screw it, and then you go to Oklahoma, and you sit up here and act like an idiot in a Kansas game and start grabbing your crotch and cussing and everything else. You got the nerve to talk about respect. How hypocritical can you be? Can, can Baker Mayfield win something? It's a big problem with these athletes. They don't even wait to win anything and to do anything successful before they start running their mouth. Can you want something, please, before you start talking? Then he sits up here and says, Well, I say what's on my mind. No! That I tell you, that say what's on your mind thing, it works, it works if you have if you if if you do a few things. If you do what I do. And talk about and talk about, if if you Chris Russo, Stephen A. Smith, and talk and, and or write about sports for a living, you're a comedian, you're a politician, or you're a political commentator. That's it. You're you what? Who can, who who legitimately cares what Baker Mayfield thinks? God on Sundays win football games. I say what's on my mind. Well, you want to say, then get in the business I'm trying to get into. Hang up the cleats and get into that. Apply for a job at ESPN or something. 
please. We, we, we don't need your two cents in a, in a peanut gallery, Baker Mayfield. We don't need it. Cause you come off, cause you come off like like a like a immature like an immature in, insecure uh uh little jerk. Who who's just mad because because he didn't start you when you, when you wanted it to, when you wanted him to, and quite honestly, it's for the greater good. And quite honestly, he did you and the rest of the franchise a favor. Yeah, I said, PM, put up with this garbage. Who the heck is Baker Baker Mayfield think he is? In all honesty, who does he think? He doesn't even have a, a national championship. What? What? You, what? You want? You want us to throw a parade and to put a ring on your finger and sandals on your feet because of a dopey Heisman Trophy? Trent Richardson got a Heisman Trophy. He ain't in the NFL no more. Can you please, Baker? Just shut up and go play play on Sundays, will you please? Shut up, cause who the heck are you? You haven't lived yet. You're 22, 23 years old, just into the NFL. God, you don't know. Only God knows what what the what what your career hold, what your life and your career holds down the road. You don't know yet. Keep on living. And you want to make it such a huge big thing about loyalty, that's fine. Just make sure I don't see you in any other uniform or I'll cut you some slack. I don't see you in any other uniform besides the Bengals. You can choose any other team except Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens since loyalty is so big to you. You freaking fraud. I was screaming about them Dallas Cowboys ruining... My weekend back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a TIS podcast. Uh, switching gears now to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys beat the New Orleans Saints as the Thursday night game of the week on Fox, the highest rated Thursday night game ever, by the way. They beat the New Orleans Saints by the final score of ten, or excuse me, thirteen to ten on Thursday. And that bothers me. It really bothers me because the Dallas Cowboys actually have a shot with the Redskins falling on their face, getting beat by the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Losing to the Texans the week before, and the Cowboys, who have won four straight games in a row since the debacle where they wet the bed against the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football, the Cowboys actually have a legitimate shot of winning the division, and that bothers me! You want to know why it bothers me? Because those disgusting, annoying, nauseating Dallas Cowboy fans, and I know you're sitting there listening, and you got to put up with them. I know every single one of you either are 
knows a Cowboys fan or two, and you know how disgusting, nauseating, and delusional they can be, actually thinking that they have a shot, A, to win the division, B, to make the playoffs, and C, the most blasphemous of all, actually have a shot because of their little twisted brain of theirs, them thinking they can beat the best team in football, they somehow think that they, that they actually have a legitimate, serious shot of going to the Super Bowl. And the New Orleans Saints, the best team in football. Really? Really? Drew Brees, 18 for 28, 127, one interception. Really? Really? Alvin Kamara, 11 carries, 36 yards. Really? Mark Ingram, 7 carries, 27 yards. Really? Michael Thomas, 5 receptions, 40 yards. Really? Really? Come on now. You guys are New Orleans Saints, the best team in football. The best all-around best team in football. Great great defense, especially against the rush. Great defense, uh, high-powered offense. Ingram, you got Kamara, you got Breeze, you got Michael Thomas. You got all that. Come on, now. Y'all couldn't beat the, the, the disgusting Awful, nauseating, walking piece of mediocrity that is the Dallas Cowboys on national television, no less. You got a full week of rest. You played the previous week night, Thanksgiving night, the week before. Full week of work, full week of rest. No excuses. So that short week alibi that those players love to you, they can't use it. You had a full week of rest. What's your excuse? I get it. They were on a hot winning streak and hadn't lost the game since since the uh, game since the week one against uh, Fitzception. I understand that the Cowboys were on fire and completely smacked the Eagles in the mouth uh, with the help of ref ball and bad defense by the Redskins. Beat the Redskins on Thanksgiving, and I totally get and understand. Uh, when when they beat when they beat when they beat the uh, Atlanta Falcons on the road, I get all that. But gee, where's Saints? Y'all gonna put on a better offensive performance? The defense is trying to do the best they can, holding Zeke back and making sure Dak Prescott doesn't look like the second coming of Roger Staubach and and uh, and uh, uh, Troy Aikman put together. They try to do that. They gave up thirteen lousy points, one touchdown. And that disgusting defense only puts up 10 points? Really? And I get the Dallas Cowboys defense is good. I, and I can now officially call it an elite, legitimate defense. But come on, now? You guys are the Saints. And this is why Drew Brees can't be in that conversation of the five greatest quarterbacks ever played a game. Because a, one of the, a top five greatest quarterback in the history of the sport wouldn't, wouldn't go into Jerry World and get absolutely bullied and manhandled all over the place the whole game. I guarantee you, Brady wouldn't let that. I guarantee you, this wouldn't happen to Brady. This wouldn't happen to Montana. It wouldn't happen to Unitas. It wouldn't happen to Sammy Ball. It wouldn't happen to uh, Peyton Manning. It wouldn't happen to Montana if I haven't said his name already. Even Rodgers. Now, Rodgers the great, is, is, in the, is nowhere near the top five greatest quarterback of all time. But even he, with his talent and his and his urge and his urge and, and, and eager will to win, he he wouldn't let that happen. 
Atkinson, yeah, this is why you can't call Drew Brees one of the top five greatest quarterbacks ever. Because, yes, yes, he has Super Bowl championship. Yes, he has MVPs. Yes, he, he, he has people marvel at the way he throws the football. But he's kind of a stat pattern. He's kind of a, you know, even though he has that one championship, he's kind of a stat. Stats is going to be his path into the Hall of Fame, not necessarily things like Brady and Montana, and that's the classic, you know, game-winning drive to win the game. And just the refusal to lose and and the pure, sure, feisty lion predator will to win. And that's something that Drew Brees doesn't have. I'm sorry, but but it but it showed itself Thursday night, and I got now I got to sit up here and deal with these Dallas Cowboy fans who 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 have the who ha, who talking to them and convincing them of a sick reality. It's like butting your head up against the wall. I mean, it's it's just gonna get worse. I mean, Saints, y'all couldn't have saved this god-awful, disgusting offensive performance when you played my bungles? Y'all couldn't have done me a favor and, and played like this when we played y'all? I would have much appreciated it. Yet y'all couldn't have played like this? This disgustingly, offensively bad? You guys only managed to put up 10 points? Come on now. Come on. And, a, and the ref was terrible. How in the world that was a first down with the Colt Beasley? I have no idea. I don't know what the refs are looking at. I don't know what they're smoking. I don't know what they're drinking. I don't know what ball game they're, what, what football game they're watching. But they needed to wake up there. That was a horrible call. They clearly missed a clear helmet to helmet hit on Alvin Kamara. Again, that was another bogus call and another situation where ref ball ruins the sport. But I gotta say, Pam, put up with these, with these delusional, with these, with these delusional, obnoxious Dallas Cowboy fans. Oh my God! There's no worse thing that could have happened as them losing this game. I gotta put up people with Skip Bayless on March talking about how about them, how about them Cowboys when he, when he had, when he had written the team off and had and had read them the riot act when they completely spit the bit. At home against the Titans on Monday Night Football. Now they've won four straight. And their two toughest games left on the schedule. There's back-to-back weeks, week 14 and 15. At home against the Eagles. On the road against the Colts. And it's smooth sailing with the Buccaneers and Giants. Come on now, Saints. And now what you've done is you've dug yourself a... Not only have you put cowboy haters in a, into a deep misery and were so doggone annoyed at y'all. Came, not only have you made all the cowboy haters across America annoyed at you, but you've... And, and your fans as well. The, the cowboy-hating Saints fans and then and the regular Saints fans. But, but you've also dug yourself a bigger hole of clinching the number one seed in the NFC. Cause with cause you play the Buccaneers next, which you'll win, but you play the Panthers twice, which won't be a slice of cake, and then you play the Steelers. Meanwhile, if you look at the Rams, the Rams play the. Wow. I know the Rams play the Ram, Meanwhile, you look at the Rams. 
they play the they play they they're at the Lions, which is a win. They're at the Bears, which will be tough. The Eagles game they should win, and then they got another two. Their hardest game left on the schedule is when they go to Chicago, and they gotta deal with the cold December temperatures. That's their hard. And, and I'm taking golf over Mitch Trubisky, but that defense. I mean, it's that. I mean, it's that's a good defense. Not to mention their West Coast team going into a cold weather climate that is Chicago, and especially in the month of December, the winters are harsh in Chicago. But. Their hardest game left is the Bears. Lions they can win. Eagles they can. Eagles the e- Eagles they can win, and then they can stomp all over and finish the season with the Cardinals and the Forty ers So so I mean they the Saints have dug themselves a hole to try to get the number one seed, and realistically the team that, I think the team against the number one seeds can win the Super Bowl, because even though both teams are good. When those two teams are at home, they are a different team. And we saw that with the Saints on Thursday night. And now I ain't going to have to play with a bunch of delusional Dallas Cowboy fans who somehow, someway think they have a legitimate shot of winning the Super Bowl and just the, the Cowboys and the Super Bowl in the same sentence within itself is blasphemous enough. And the idea that they're going to win it, I, 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 can't, I, can't even, I can't even go there or else I'm going to freaking lose my mind. But come on, Saints. Gee whiz, y'all, you guys had one freaking job, and that was to beat the Dallas Cowboys, to squash their hopes of winning the division and making the playoffs. You had, now they got Dallas Cowboys who actually think they have a shot to represent the NFC in Super Bowl 53. See see what you guys cost? See what happens when you don't contain the monster that is Dallas Cowboy fans and Skip Bayless being the ringleader of it? Talk about how about them Cowboys? Oh, God. See, see what you guys cost? But 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 as Stephen A. Smith said on Friday's first take, this was all the silver lining to this. And the silver lining to this is the idea that, yeah, you Cowboys, get your hopes up. Because you know what comes where you win games and you win tough ball games like this? Now, granted, the Cowboys give them all the credit in the world. They push them in the mouth. Defensively, they, make, they say, we ain't going to let Drew Brees have a field day again. Oh, no, 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 not tonight. No, 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 no. They punched them in the mouth. All all credit to them. God bless them. They, congratulations. Zeke played Zeke played decent enough to win. Carried the whole team. C- congrats. But you know what comes with this expectations, and we all know that when it comes to the expectations, the Cowboys have made it their history and have made it their trademark and have made it well-known, at least in this millennium, that when they have expectations, odds are nine times out of ten they can't meet them. When the tough get going, the going gets tough, and the Cowboys can't take that. When the kitchen gets hot, when, it, when, it, when the kitchen gets too hot, they get out the kitchen. And all this means is that the Dallas Cowboy fans, yes, they're going to be nauseated. Yes, they're going to be annoyed. Yes, they're going to feel like slapping one upside the head. But at the same time, all this means is that the Cowboys are going to have expectations for, for them to have to meet. And they won't and they won't be able to meet because I guarantee you the 
Dallas Cowboys are going to go into the playoffs, probably that home game, and get smacked around by by a superior opponent or get absolutely embarrassed by an inferior opponent. That's all this means, which means it'll be all worthwhile when they stick up the joint come January. When we come back, I'm at his house once again, and he'll oblige me and enjoy himself <laughs> joining me on my podcast once again. Brendan Dillon joins the show right after this. Welcome back to the Armitel I Can TIS podcast. My guest joining me once again. Uh, funny. Uh, I like screaming and yelling when I do shows at his house. I don't know why, but this is this room that he has that he like has me recording in is like one of the best rooms. It's like the own little studio at the third floor of his house. It's a nice house. Very, very, very nice house. I suggest if you are a confidant of Brennan, you should check this thing out. This uh, crib out. But excuse me. Um, next, you heard him before. Uh, he was on. He was on with me November the third. Almost one month later, two days removed. Here's my next guest, Mr. Brendan Edward Dillon. Hello, I'm here. Yeah, I'm back again. Nice to see you all. Uh, yeah, this is in my house, but it's uh, it's good to talk to you all, you guys, again. So let's get into it, Jai. Yeah, let's get into it, Brendan. Um, first off, you de- you're you Dallas Cowboys. I just got finished. Don't even, game. don't even with that, me, that, that, Jai. That's, that's They're blas- not my Dallas that, that, Cowboys. Yeah. They're somebody else's Dallas that, that, Cowboys. That's blasphemy. Yeah, right? it is. <laughs> don't do but that. I just got finished moping and griping about the Cowboys, but. Your Washington Redskins. Yes, that's my team. They lost a close game against the Houston Texans. Yeah. Alex Smith broke his leg. Yeah. Colt McCoy is your quarterback. Yes. Yeah. That's and with the help of the refs and most, pitiful defense on you refs. guys' part. It's I'm half and half. I'm doing mostly half. the refs. I put half it's, of it on the refs. I can and half call. Of it I can show track. you all of the things that the refs. Brandon, you are not. Brandon, you you sent this to me. You are. I the refs were an absolute disgrace. But the tackling. Come on now. Did you see the Dak Prescott run? I don't come care. The, the refs. Oh come on, Brandon. He scored on the play. What do you don't care? I I don't care because if you, they Brandon, if they make the tackle that game, you actually. Have a legitimate chance to win that game. If we don't have a turnover on the obvious pass interference play, then we actually get in the field goal range. Yes, Brendan, have the, a field goal. Those missed tackles resulted in a touchdown. I'm aware, but you know, I feel like the refs have more of a play because they literally killed drives. They killed our offensive drives. Oh, killed them for the? How about the? Come on, Brendan, it killed the offensive. Miss tackles, come on! We were only we only lost by eight points, Jai. We, we actually, it shouldn't have even been that close the way your defense was playing. That was an absolute disgrace. I'm sitting up here pulling my hair. I got Dak Prescott, Z, uh, Deacon, and, and ducking left and right. Come on! They should have got all those tackles. It's a joke. He, he should have had them. What things? They had Dak Prescott just sitting right there. They had him sitting right there in the pocket. They all they had to do was was just get him. It was like five. It was like five missed tackles. Yes, yes, Jai. But fact of the matter is, our drives also were end like prevented from being ended on defense. 
Like, you you know that there were some really bad calls that gave the Dallas there Cowboys. There was. Oh, the, they the, gave the Dallas miss, Cowboys miss, more miss, miss, miss face mask Jordan Reed. I mean, uh, hold Jordan on. Jordan Reed headshot. But, but then we also have holding calls that are on mystery men on defensive side. And... It's just so bad, Jai. The rest are, I don't know about this game specifically, but it feels like the rest were paid off by uh, somebody up high up. Uh, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but uh, owner of Jerry's World. Yeah, I have eyes on you. It seems like the game that they had against the Saints also had leanings of possibly some rigging. I don't know about you, but uh, somebody somebody who owns Jerry's World um, definitely uh, has a lot Jerry of weight. Jones, he owns no, 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 no. Don't don't say his name. Don't say his name on here. That's the reason why I'm avoiding it. This this man has a lot of power in the league. I feel like those games were in, were rigged. They felt rigged. I watched them. The refs made atrocious calls, worse than I've ever seen. And it and it missed obvious headshots, obvious headshots. Not just like oh oh when I rewatch it, like uh, I now I can kind of see it a little bit. No, these are obvious headshots. Oh come on! Uh, all right, first of all, I got the highs going right. Brennan, look, look, come I'm on! I'm looking at. Come on! I know. Look 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 at the missed tackle that's in the middle of the field. It throws it right in the middle field. Die. Look at this. Tackle! There's three guys on him! You gotta tackle him in that situation, Brandon! I can, Not- I can tell you why that happened. Oh, what why? Explain, explain this one. So, uh, you go look back at the play. Um, we're talking about the huge touchdown by, uh, Amari Cooper. Um, we ha- were playing the wrong defense. This is our defensive coordinator's fault. Sure, we missed the tackle, but... You missed th- three but, 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 of them. But, 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 He's surrounded the, by three the, the, red the, big, the biggest problem here is the, the, the fact of the matter is we are playing only one safety in coverage. So pretty much there is no protection. And because HaHa ha Clinton Dix isn't exactly the best at a, with awareness, it yet, seems. Yet, yet you traded for him. He's, he's, he's actually done very well. That's the thing. This is one of the yeah, few, he, he does, this he, is one of the few errors that he actually he, he does had. very well unless a touchdown go by right now. Yes, he has, he has tackling okay. problems. But he also is very good at what he does when he plays in certain coverages. The problem here is he plays too low in the coverage, so the man beats the safety easy because he's already mispositioned. So it's a it's a big coordination problem that goes with uh, Greg Minuski and his arrangement hey, of our goes. defense. Third and goal. Yep, Dag press. Why, why, Brandon? Look at this. Look yeah. at this. Look at this. Yeah, I, I know. It was with it was with our rush. It, it's it's. I know. I saw him miss it's tackles. With twenty. Our it's twenty four thirteen. Fourth quarter, watch this. Third and goal, watch. He drops back, looks, gets chased. That's a missed set. That, that's two, three. Look at that, three, four. Come on, Brendan. He's got him diving and he's got him diving and wheeling you and dealing. You want to go back and look at that? Come on. Let's, let's look at the blocks in the back. The oh, ob- come on, The Brennan. obvious block in the backs that were here as well. Let's look at the obvious block in the backs, okay? Let's go back to the play. Oh, come on. So, so we watch the play. Our edge rushers obviously get off. Oh, blocking the back right there. Oh, blocking the back right there. Well, that's there. not a block in the back. He probably out missed him. No, 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 no. You can go back and look at oh, it. Oh, come on. You can, go, you can go back and look at the play. That touchdown play, there was an obvious block in the back that wasn't called. 
as the dude got pushed onto the ground, obviously pursuing the quarterback, but that dude would have not fallen on the ground and not wrapped the quarterback. He was pushed in the back. Like, okay, so what about the other two missed tackles? They, those they were, were actual misses. They were breathing but, but, right But, but the, the, the obvious block in the back is there, and that play should have been taken back. That play should have never happened because the first edge rusher who got to him had his hands wrapped around him, got pushed onto the ground, and fell down. And you can rewatch that play. There's so many missed calls in this game um, that it's almost it's, it's it's rigged. It's a rigged game, and it makes me mad. But the fact of the matter is, the fact that we were still in the game even after all these missed calls shows how good our team is. We had Colt McCoy starting, and we were. We almost freaking got back into the game. It's uh, insane, okay? I have confidence in the team. I, I really do. And anybody who says that I shouldn't have confidence in the team obviously needs to go back and rewatch this game. Because it wasn't a blowout game. It wasn't a blowout game. We, we contested the whole entire game. Fact of the matter is, when you go out there and the rest don't give you calls at all, it does something to the mor- uh, the morale of the team. The team, well, most teams anyways, rely on the morale that rest calls give you. If you're going to prolong a drive because of some stupid call that obviously isn't uh, the correct call or prevent a drive from continuing on the same exact factor, you're going to find that the team who's getting all these calls called on them is going to have really, really bad problems operating by it when it comes to the fourth quarter. It, it, it's, it's simple morale. Uh, uh, the, 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 the people thinking that you can't win, they win the game. Like, they, you can see by the end of the game when Dustin Hopkins goes out to kick the onside kick. Like, there is no heart or compassion out there because we have like 100 yards and penalties. And we have. Well, and please no no, on, no calls. I us. hate to cut you off, but please explain to me on the set. Please explain to me Colt McCoy start processing. He drops back, throws middle field. There's three there's freaking P- cowboys. Hey, Joe, you want to rewatch that play? Oh wait, there's a pi on there. You can watch the pi. I, I showed you the pi. Dude pulls our wide receiver. This our wide receiver is Maurice Harris in this play. He pulls him in the back, right? And. Thusly, yes, there's three freaking Cowboys in the play because he's pulled away from the ball. So, but my, Brandon, my argument is why? Why would he? Why, why is he? Why, why is he throwing in the triple coverage in the first place? Because that's the. Okay, what other reader are you gonna go for here? He's in, he's cutting across the field, right? It's not triple coverage where he was cutting to, but he was pulled. He, he was pulled by the dude who slowed him down, so he never had a chance to actually go up for the reception. <laughs> I'm right. I am right. And the deflection off his hands into the Cowboys' defender all proves I'm, that. All I'm saying is that the refs that you guys' horse crap play... Oh, my, didn't, didn't help at all. My, I completely agree. But if we're going to play in the league, we better get calls that are correct. It, it, the fact of the matter is that they try to dissuade from calls that obviously happened on the field, and you can see on replays, shows an active lack of, uh, well, correct calls in the NFL. The, 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 this refing crew is horrible. It's the same exact thing that happened with us with Houston. We almost won that game, Jai. And <laughs> you know what? We had one of the worst 
defensive holding calls that has ever been seen in the NFL on Josh Norman. And then we don't get a pass interference call for Josh Doxson when he tries to go down for that ball. It happened two weeks in the row. It's going to happen again this week probably. Watch. Really, watch. Go out there. Watch Watch this Eagles game. Everybody on here, watch the Eagles game this week on Monday Night Football at 8.15. You will see exactly what I'm talking about. The, the game is rigged. It feels rigged. Oh, my God. Will you stop with the game is rigged? It is rigged. rigged. Oh, come on. We've, had, we've been screwed out of two wins by oh, reps. Oh, what's the other one? What's the, the Houston Texans game. Oh, come on. We almost won that game. With Cole McCoy coming into the second half. We almost won, Jai. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my but you know what? When you don't call the obvious P.I. on Josh Doxson when he's throwing the ball down the field and we lose a down because of it, what do we get out of it? What do we really get out of it? We get nothing out of it. We lose the game because now it's fourth down and you need to chuck the ball 20 yards to try to get a first down. Even though there's obviously a foul on the play previously. What does that do to the morale of the team? Obviously it's going to get you to mess up. It's broken, Jai. It's broken, okay? And that's the reason why I'm mad. I'm, a, I'm trying to find out who the, who the officiating crew was for that Cowboy. You, you want to know this funny thing, too? The Texans, the Texans refs, they apologized to uh, the, the, uh, the, the team like a day after the game. Said that that P.I. call was a P.I. call, but they never called it. The league forced them to apologize. Okay. Yep. Just so you're aware. And I bet there probably was an apology with the Dallas Cowboys refs. Because of the obvious headshot to Jordan Reed, that obviously was not protecting player safety at all. And you guys can go look at that, back at that too. Yeah, okay? that, 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 that missed call was a joke. But you can continue. <laughs> so, uh, we, we get the worst calls in the world. The refs are obviously against us. What do you do? Well, more often than not, when the people that control really what happens in the game are against you, you're going to fucking lose the game. Brendan. I know. That, that's, a, that's a dollar in the sword. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you are. Yeah, you are going to lose the game. So, I, I, don't, I don't understand the, that. The referee, the referee crew was Alan Baines, Derek Bowers, John Hussey, Tony McAleek, Greg Steed, Steve Zimmer, and Kevin Cody. You guys should all be ashamed. That's all I have to say about that. I, I hope that you guys are ashamed to never ref another football game in your career. Because it seems like somebody was bribed a lot of money to go out there and pull that. The dopey ass for you. That no was easy. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, that's the dollar you owe me in the swear jar. Yeah, I got the jar right here. That's the dollar you owe me for drop dropping the f bomb on my podcast, man. And I'm trying to make I'm trying to make it in this business, and you're s- sitting up here and sitting up here uh, cussing. But anyway, that's not here nor there. Let's change gears to and I mentioned this er- early in the program in my uh, monologue. Baker Mayfield. He made some comments about Hugh Jackson that was kind of rough, rude, 
harsh and disrespectful. Basically getting on Hugh Jackson for taking another job after he got fired from Cleveland. What are your thoughts? Expected. There's connections there, right? So there's obvious connections there. Dude isn't going to get a job anywhere else this season. I think that it's only respectful to give that coach his, his job there. And Baker Mayfield's comments are really unneeded. But you know what? He can be salty all he wants because he, he, they didn't play good under him. Yeah, obviously. But let's be honest. When's the last time the Browns have really been good? Oh, wait. That's back when Jim Brown was around. That's, it's been a pretty long time since you've seen Jim Brown adore his, adorn his number and go out onto the field. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that maybe uh, Baker Mayfield's very misled in uh, where he's coming from and expects miracles where miracles will not lie. Um, did, uh, this, this isn't college rivalry. Isn't like the end all be all in the NFL. I mean, it is. You know, when, when it's Ravens Steelers, when it's it's a different league. It's a different league. When it's Bears Packers, what Bears Packers? Yeah, ba- when it's Bears Packers, when it's Ravens Steelers, when it's uh, Steelers Patriots, when it's when it's Eagles and Cowboys, when it's uh, what's what's a what's a good Redskins rivalry? And don't say Redskins and Eagles or Reds. Like yeah. everybody in our divisions are rival. Well, yeah. we're the most. So like so like the best so those that that's rivalry you know so, yeah so, you know, um pack Packers Bears uh Ravens Ravens Steelers you know that that that, that, that and football that's rivalry yeah you know yeah Bengals and uh, Bengals and Browns ain't no rivalry huh? <laughs> I I hate to piss on Baker Mayfield's bonfire but it, but it ain't a rivalry the Browns haven't been good in a very long time. And, uh, again, the fact that Baker Mayfield expects so much really brings into question um, his maturity, which has always been uh, a question oh, him for grabbing him. grabbing his crotch. Uh, yeah, yeah. which, it, which is fine, though, because I actually, I won't lie, I like his um, attitude, because that, that does bring teams together his, his, to win. His, his attitude but, gets, but teams, gets, gets teams fired get, up. Get, yeah, but he also gets him and others in trouble. Yeah, it makes him look like an idiot. But fact of the matter is... Um, it it could be something that'd be good to rally for uh the Cleveland Browns in the end because it feels like the locker room is gonna have more power than the coaches, <laughs> sadly. Um, but maybe not sadly actually. It could be beneficial to them. You never really know in in this day and age. Uh, but it, it is it bringing into light the fact that Baker Mayfield might be changing the culture in Cleveland. That's that's a real possibility. But, again, we've said this a lot of times before with a lot of players, and then they end up being out of the league next year. So, you, 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 never, you never really know. All true. Um, let's switch gears to the Red – not the Redskins, the Cowboys and Saints game Thursday night, uh, where the Cowboys upset, of course, upset the best team of football, the New, the New Orleans Saints, on Thursday, beat them thirteen to ten. Drew Brees, you heard me read the stats. He did not play a good game. He he and the offense spit the bit Thursday night. Uh, how do you feel about the? Uh, first, I'll ask you, what do you give me your take on the game? Number one, 
Number two, give me your where you where you think the Cowboys stand as far as the division and the playoffs are concerned, and try to be as unbiased as possible. And three, give me how the uh, Saints losing that game affects their uh, strive for number one seed in the NFC. They're never gonna give you a number one seed in the NFC, um, but, but 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 the Saints, yeah, the Saints, um, they they they're gonna still be up there, and they'll still probably, in my opinion, I see them as somebody who'd win the Super Bowl. Um, they just didn't show up that night, but also, uh, ref ball again. We had some ref ball on that. Yeah, game how game. how they call that Cole Beasley thing a first down? I have no idea. And the NFL needs to stop like picking and choosing. Excuse me, cherry picking officials like oh we'll get. You know, we'll keep this crew, we'll keep, like, the back judge and a ref, and we'll get the side judge and the umpire and, and the, and, you know, stop cherry-picking. Just leave the crew the way it is. Like, please. In a perfect world, um, the Saints would have destroyed them. And the Saints probably could have um, had the defense not been as feisty as it was that night and the offense been as lackluster as it was. Um, I feel like... Uh, situ- situationally, um, a lot of it did come down to the refs again, because we watched that game. We know how many calls there was, and people say, "Oh, there's bad calls on both sides." Which ones were drive killers? Let's be frank here. A lot of them were on the Saints, my friends. I feel like, I don't know, there there's some inherent bias when it comes to being the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Seems like their uh, whole entire run has been based on the uh, type of refs they have. I don't know. Conspiracy? Oh, my God. Here, here, uh, here, 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 here we go. But um, I am excited because if they make it to the playoffs, they're going to get killed. Let's be frank. We all know it. You heard, you heard me. I said all this. The silver lines to this is that with... With, they're just, I think with, they're, with with great what what's that phrase with great uh what comes great responsibility power and with, yes who doesn't with, have power with great power with great uh privilege or something there's a great, great responsibility and that's and that's and that's the call to glory that the Cowboys can't answer and haven't answered at least within this millennium and within our lifetimes they failed to answer that mm-hmm. uh but give me your thoughts on uh see so the game itself. You, how does this game affect the Saints for the shot for the number one seed? It's going to affect them a little bit. I don't see, well, I don't know. You don't really know it's Kansas City anymore, to be honest, because of what's happened. Well, with, not, not, NFC, NFC, NFC. I just said with the NFC. I'm talking about an AFC team. Um, the, the Rams are pretty scary, and I don't really see them losing the game. Um, so, I don't really know. I, I if if even if they're second seed, I still think that the uh, Saints can beat the beat the Rams on a regular day, out in the park, um, and that won't change. Um, so, so to, to 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 continue with that point, um, I really don't feel that anything will change. Um, now I think that the um New Orleans Saints will end up being second seed, and. Honestly, not the worst outcome because they're going to still have home team advantage, and when they come to the divisional, um, they're well. Going... The the Rams do have the tiebreaker. Yeah, the, the, or they not to... the Rams. The Saints have the tiebreaker against the Rams, is what I meant to say. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, but they have. But the Rams would have to lose. The, they have to lose the game, and they have. Well, to lose here here's game. the Rams' upcoming schedule. 
They're at Detroit tomorrow at the Bears, which is basically their toughest game left on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Then they're home against the Eagles at at Arizona, the and at Arizona and, and at home against San Francisco to end the year. So, meanwhile, you look at the Saints who have to play the – I think they have to play the Eagles as well. Which but, that, that'll be but fun. They also, but they also have to play the steel. They play the bucket. No, they don't. They play the Buccaneers. Uh, they play the Buccaneers next yeah, week on the road. Then they're and then they play two. Then they have to play their two games against Carolina, and then they're home against the Steelers. So yeah, the Saints have a little bit of a tougher schedule because the Panthers are trying to get a wild card spot, and they have to play the Steelers. See, the best thing about this is at least for me. That um, Panthers uh, they were probably if they had the same exact uh, and, and record even, as and us, even, we we have the tiebreaker. And, and even then, with the Buccaneers, and even then with the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers beat them earlier early in the season. So who knows with that? You know, you never do. That's the thing. It's really um, it's a situation. I I I still think that they're gonna win all these games. They don't look unwinnable. To me, um, and they definitely look more feasible for them to win than the uh, opponents. Um, but again, their division, the the there are three division games, and then there's one out of division game. The division games are always going to be close in every single division because teams scheme against the division rivals. So you really don't know what's going to happen in in those outcomes. But you know, with the record, the New Orleans Saints have it feels like they're going to win. Um, t- I guess that. They probably won't, at least, uh, the Rams probably won't end up losing any of those games either. So I really do think it's going to go into where it's going to be a 14-2 uh, and two and a 15-1 and one team that are going to have to duke it out for the divisional, unless something insane happens. Which we've seen crazier things, but keep in mind the Saints have the tiebreaker exactly. over the Rams. One other thing, Brenda, that I'll let you go... Uh, Who's winning Monday night between the uh, Redskins and Eagles? You know I don't like saying who's going to win those games because then we end up losing. Okay, well, g- well give me a breakdown of how do you think the game will go. I think that Colt McCoy is going to throw even more in the game. I think that he'll be more consistent now that he's actually gotten uh, reps with the first-team uh, offense because he didn't get reps with the first-team offense and still lit it up. He was like the third in passing yards last week. Uh, so I feel like he's going to still light up the field. Like Cole McCoy has got a nice arm, and if you've ever seen any of his college highlights, he knows what he's doing. He might have had those three interceptions, but uh, I'll tell you that they shouldn't have been interceptions. One was called by, caused by a receiver. The other was a miscue by Jordan Reed, and the last was a... Uh, really bad PI call that ended up becoming an interception. Basically, all those interceptions came in situations where somebody messed up that wasn't him. So he his gunslinger approach is actually, like, prob- it could be problematic, but um, I feel like with more reps from the ones, there's not going to be as many miscues. So I'm excited to watch him play. I feel like the uh, Eagles, on the other hand, come out there with Carson Wentz. And um, Wentz is going to have to try to work on our defense, um, which is going to be interesting because even though our defense played atrocious um, last week, our defense is really good. And I'm sure that 
knowing DJ Swearinger anyway, he's going to try to make this game a nightmare because he knows how important this game is for us as a team going into the season. Yes, even if we win all our games, if the Cowboys win all our games, we won't win our division, but we will probably end up getting the wild card spot either way. Well, you still have a chance to win a division. Oh, yeah, oh we, can, we can definitely win the division. I think it's actually something that's feasible. Right now, because yeah. I, I don't see the Cowboys winning all their games unless ref ball happens every single game. <laughs> Which, you know, guys, if a ref ball happens again with the Cowboys game, you, you heard it here first. That I think that there's some rigging going on. But uh, it, it's more a question of just what happens with Wentz. Wentz shows up. We could have Ian for a really interesting day. Uh, I don't think that we'll get blown out. Because I just I, I know how important this game is for our team, but we will try to show up, uh, and do well. And I feel like we can do some really good stuff out in the field. Though I won't say who's going to win or my prediction for the score because that ends really badly when I do that. <laughs> I never ever say that. Um, so what do you think, Jai? What do you think of what I've said? Uh. You know, I'm not going to grade you on what you said. This isn't like a presentation, but <laughs> but I think with the Eagles, they, I know the Eagles. I know the Eagles are come out and play because that is a very harsh crowd, and they booed them when they've stuck up the joint mm-hmm. on primetime television at home before. Yep. So you know that they're, they're going to come out guns blazing. You know, they finally got back on the winning ways after uh, beating the Giants last week. And hopefully that's something that propels them to win a division and sneak into the playoffs and try to make a uh, last-second run to uh, repeat as uh, champions in the NFL. For, in the NFL. Uh, Colt McCoy, he has to play better. That defense cannot get lit up under any circumstances. The missed tackling definitely has to stop. Uh, John, not John Gruden. Jay Gruden has to, uh, you know, coach... And not be uh, a bad Placeholder. offensive, uh, not be a horrible, horrid uh, offensive play caller, which he's been uh, before. But he's also been a great offensive play caller, so you never really know. You never really know what Jay Gruden you're going to get. Most of the time, he's really, really good, but um, he's shown up before. He's been really bad. I believe in him. I like him. He's one of my favorite head coaches that we've had in a pretty long time, probably since Gibbs two point <laughs> Zombie. Putting put Jay Gruden in the same sentence as as Joe Gibbs. He's been he's been, been the best be he's been the best since. I never said he was better then. He'll never be. Well, let me rephrase that. Unless he goes on and wins like seven Super Bowls for the Redskins, he's never going to be better than Joe well, Gibbs. All he would need is four running. Joe Gibbs only won you three. Oh man. Well, yeah, but if he go, but Joe Gibbs, the difference between Joe Gibbs and and that of like winning like seven Super Bowls in a row and Joe Gibbs winning three is Joe Gibbs won. Those three Super Bowls over the span of like 10 years with three different teams. That's the difference. He put those teams together from scratch. Um, so that's the reason why he'd be better in that situation. Why? What do you want to say, Jai? What do you want to say? All I want to say is thanks for joining me, Brendan. I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, like always, like always. Yeah, and you know, he'll be back on again. Uh, yes, I'll be back, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll be back again with Brendan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to talk uh, week 13 of the NFL right Let's after go. this. <laughs> Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Uh, 
three game or really uh, the third game we already discussed with Brenda. Talk about the two big games on Sunday: Vikings and Patriots, and Chargers and Steelers. Let's start first with. Vikings and Patriots. Last week, the Vikings punched Aaron Rodgers and company square dead in the mouth on, excuse me, on Saturday Night Football, which, and Kurt Cousins played well too, which was a complete rebound of their disgusting, awful performance they, uh, they had against the, uh, against the Bears on, uh, the week before on Saturday Night Football. Uh, Meanwhile, the Patriots coming off of a bye week, and then the week before, they they completely spit the they completely spit the they completely spit the bit against uh against the Bears on the road. Uh, so it'd be interesting. To see, not the Bears, uh, the Patriots rather. So I'm getting sidetracked. The Patriots completely spit the bit and urinated all over themselves. And Tom Brady, you know, showing his age, whole t- whole game, a whole team was a mess against on the road against the Titans before their. Uh, actually, my bad. Uh, they had their bye week two weeks ago. Last week they played the Jets. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Anyway, well, I guess the Jets. Brady did Brady things, but. Patriots looking at eight and three. Uh, Vikings need this win to hunt for the division still and to help the case in a crowded NFC playoff push as far as wild card is concerned. Meanwhile, the Patriots pretty much have the division locked up and they're just trying to make sure not to embarrass themselves against Kirk Cousins uh, tomorrow. Had to get to that game, Kirk Cousins. He has a two hundred ninety nine. Uh, yards passing per game, 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Meanwhile, Brady has 275.5 yards per game throw, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions with a 96.3 passer rating. Patriots are one of two teams that the Vikings have uh, beating since 2001, so they're trying to do so, and uh, they got to get after Brady. Brady is 13-0 in his last five seasons, and Foxborough in December is a living hell for opponents. Patriots are 64 and 13 in the month of December in the Belichick era, so since 2000, that's the most wins by any team in that month in that span. So that's that. Game number two, and that is the NBC Sunday night game of the week. That is the Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chargers in first place, not in first place, in second place, excuse me, in the AFC West. Steelers are in first place in the AFC North. Chargers coming off of a... Uh, who, who who in the heck did the Chargers even play last? Char- thank you. The Chargers, I should know that, but I, you know, I'm not watching Chargers and uh, Cardinals when it's Patriots Broncos. So, uh, anyway, they're coming off of an impressive win against the Cardinals. Uh, Phil Burns and and crew, they have to show up because the because this team and that quarterback has a history of when a tough get going, then the going gets tough. They can't answer the call. Prime example, they needed. Uh, uh, Key game they needed to win, or they go on the road against Kansas City a few days, if not a week before Christmas. I don't even remember the specifics, 
But Phillip Rivers went into uh, Arrowhead Stadium and completely spit the bit. So this is an important game for the uh, Chargers to win if they want to uh, lock down the fifth seed in the A in the AFC. Their record would be good. Their record would be good enough to win the division. But because the Chiefs have been playing such great football that the division is basically out of reach. They're not mathematically eliminated from the division, though, but it looks like they're going to get the uh, fifth seed in the AFC wildcard. Meanwhile, the Steelers are 7-3-1. They're first place in the AFC North. Uh, their last game, Ben Roethlisberger completely uh, vomited all over himself with, with the interceptions. I mean, gee, especially the, one, especially the one at the goal line to end the game. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. He basically play actions to James Conner, kind of gives it to him, snatches it back at the last minute, and throws into a crowded end zone, trying to somehow somehow get the ball to Antonio Brown in a in a defense and a nose guard who none of us have never heard of couldn't pick out of a lineup basically puts his hands up and catches it to seal to, to seal the deal and give the uh, Steelers their third loss of the season, uh, ending their uh, hot streak that they've been on. Uh, these two quarterbacks came out of the 4 draft, both 36 years of age. Rivers have been to one more Pro Bowl than Roethlisberger has seven to six. Rivers has only been to playoffs five times in his career. Big Ben has been to playoffs ten times. Rivers has yet to compete in a Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger has competed in three of them and is two and one in them. Uh, and James Conner especially. I tell you what, if that's Le'Veon Bell. He does not fumble that ball. He 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 does. Turnover shot shot the Steelers in the foot. And in order for him to win this game. They got to live with turtles and play more buttoned-up disciplined football. But uh, that's it. But that's it about that. Uh, right after this, my brother Ian making his first ever appearance on Yom Till I Can Tell You's podcast. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Yom Till I Can Tell You's podcast. Joining me next, my second and last guest of the show is uh, someone who... I've known my whole life. I'm not gonna sit up here and give me a whole diet, give you a whole diatribe on who he is, because you know I'm not creating a eulogy for him. But first ever appearance, guest appearance on on this podcast. He's been begging me since I've started it in September to be on it, and now I finally have a chance to have him on. He's a, a bandwagon Seahawks fan and a diehard. What? Yeah, yeah, bandwagon. Shut up, I'm not a bandwagon. He is a bandwagon Seahawks fan and That's a diehard, true. frustrated Orioles fan and a I Yankee know. bandwagon. I know. Introduce him my next guest, whether he likes it or not, Ian Shields. Hey, guys, good to be on. Good to be on the show. Uh, it's good to be on the show. Feels good to be on. Jai's yeah, doing an amazing cod podcast. Um, get one thing straight. Not a bandwagon Yankee fan. Only a bandwagon Yankee fan when it comes to playoffs. Definitely not a bandwagon Seahawks fan because you don't Ooh, see me. Yes you didn't know if the Seahawks had a horrible yeah, season yes this are. year, I would still be a. Who, who is Brian Bosworth? He is a middle linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. What t- what college did he go to? I Follow college football. What you talking about? What college did Russell Wilson go to? He went to Wisconsin. Exactly. Bandwagon Seahawks, man. No, I'm not. I knew that. He transferred. 
He trans. Where did he transfer from? I don't know that. Like I said, not, <laughs> not everybody can be as smart as you with sports. Well, okay? come on, you got technology, you can look this stuff up. Shut up! I don't. I'm not like I can revolve around sports. Let's just let's, let's get into the deep. Now. Our lives revolve around sports. Whether your you life revolves around sports, just shut up with all that. All right. Well, anyway, whether you're a band, what you're a Seahawks fan, that's that's. You get upset when they lose. You're ecstatic when they win. Sweating whole nine yards. It's disgusting. Anyway. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, laughing and that was funny. Laugh, Brennan, that was funny. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Not so loud, Brennan. Gee whiz. Anyway, um, your Seattle Seahawks. They they had a come huge comeback win against the uh, Panthers last week. Yes. Week before they lost. Who they played? Then they played the Rams. Week before they played the Packers. Yeah, week before they uh, beat the Packers at yeah. home. And then before that, they lost the hard-fought games at the Rams. Give me a breakdown of the 2018 Seattle Seahawks. Well. And can you get closer to the microphone, will you please? I mean, you're sitting all the way in the corner of the room. I got the microphone <coughs> right here. Talk, talk for, for Christ's sake. Well, to start off, everybody thought Seahawks would go 2-14. That's a lie. Two, no. Little dumb Cynthia uh, Freeland who makes a wrong decision yeah, every single okay. day. She she should she should get her math diploma ripped away. She she cannot do math. She thought we were going to lose to the Cardinals. What is wrong with you? You look. So so. A- anyway, I am happy for the Seahawks Seahawks team. We have fought. Keep in mind, unlike the bum bangles, like as John likes, unlike the, the, ba- the bungles, the bungles, you put them together, it's the bungles, but you may continue. The Seahawks have not lost a game with more than a touchdown. We've they, lost, they've lost some close games. We have not gotten blown out yet. Everybody thought we were going to get blown out by the Rams. Everybody thought we were going to get blown out by the Packers. No. The Seahawks is not like 2013 Seahawks, 2014 Seahawks. It's not like that. Legion of Boom is gone. I cried. I'm up. I'm. I was upset, but I'm happy because this offensive line has done its job. Last year, Russell Wilson ran for his life ran, like every week. He is. I just know how, I don't know how to. The man ran every. He led our team in points. Rushing, rushing, rushing yards. yards. Rushing. He had over thirty touchdowns. That was not known for a quarterback. I know he's supposed to run, but not like that. This year, we have got not the best offensive line, but it's pretty good. Pretty good. Couple of times Russell Wilson had to run a little bit, had to scramble. But when you look at the Rams game twice, and they're like front four, front five, that's like they're probably the best in the league. And we weren't getting, and Russell Wilson wanted to get it thrown, threw around like he did last year against the Rams in Seattle. That's pretty good. Alright? I'm happy with this offensive line. I'm happy with Russell. I am happy with our wide receivers. Our defense needs a little work, 
I am ecstatic that we got Shaquille Griffin. I just wish we could put him in for KJ Wright, who's injured right now. He's played probably two games so far. He's 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 done an okay job, but if KJ Wright is out, I say we test a little bit of the waters with Shaquille Griffin. His brother Shaquille sacrificed everything for both of them to play on the same team. I know John would probably do that for me. I don't know. I, I'm 50-50 jump ball. Oh, my God. 50-50 jump ball. Listen to this. But I'm happy with our deep. Bobby Wagner still has not missed a tackle yet. Bobby, I, I don't want to hear none of this. Luke Kigley right in the Bible. No, 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 no. Luke Keekley is not better than Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is probably the best middle linebacker ever to play the game. He's not better than Ray Lewis. Uh, not better than Ray Lewis and the other. No, hold on. You just said he's the he's the, the best to play the game. We go sit there and say he's not better than Ray Lewis. Which one is it? He's not better than Ray Lewis. He's, not better, he's not better than Bri- Bri- Brian Erlacher. But he's probably one of the best linebackers right now in the NFL. That's better. In 2018, he's the best. Luke Keekley. He's all right. Luke Keekley, if Luke Keekley was so good, I was watching a game, you know, I don't live on the West Coast, which I did, see the Seahawks game. But when I turned on the red zone, I heard nothing about Luke Keekley. All I heard, all I heard was nothing. N- not, nobody said anything about Luke Keekley. They brought up Bobby Wagner. Right now, Luke Keekley can't even lead. Here's the difference between Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner. The difference is, when you look at it right now, Bobby Wagner, when he needs to, he is kind of the leader of this team. He has been on the team the longest. He knows his system. He can say, hey, guys, get on my back for defense. This is how we do it. This is how we play. This is how you make a stop. I didn't see Luke Keekly doing that last week. When the Seahawks made that game winning drive, that game tying drive, no one stepped up. Nobody. Bobby Wagner, you can tell Bobby Wagner was through that like fourth down uh, Nasheer Jones tackle to uh, stop them. You can tell that was him. Nasheer Jones is an underrated player. Alright? A lot of our team is an underrated player. Probably the best person to back up Earl Thomas right now is Bradley McDougal. That man can play. Honestly, I'm just Cam Chancellor right now. If I was going to chase something right now to get someone back on the Seahawks, on the defense, will be Cam Chancellor. Earl Thomas, he ain't got nowhere. When he flicked off the team, everybody who wanted him was like, I'm done. I don't hear anybody right now talking about Earl Thomas. Dallas Cowboys, they ain't getting Earl Thomas. No. Cowboys came and make a trip. If Earl Thomas was that important, they would have met Seahawks straight. 
They wanted Earl Thomas, but it wasn't a desire like I need it. Like you got an iPhone SE and you and you looking for the iPhone X. You need it. Like that's all you think. It's a it's a want. It's like hundred percent. I need him. I need him right now. They were like probably ninety percent. I need them. They weren't fully in. Frank Clark. He's a beast. People I've wrote for the pro in the Pro Bowl: Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Bradley McDougal, Frank Clark, Bobby Wagner, Michael Dixon, our, our amazing punter. Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. That's what I vote for in the Bowl. That's what I would want on a Super Bowl winning team. I need someone who, in tense moments, like to play in Carolina, fourth and three, fucking chuck it up, and then you shack a cornerback. Just back up right into him and say, give me, that's my ball. You ain't taking this ball from my hands. You gotta. You gotta be a strong person to prize this ball out of my hand. That's and on the game on the line, and I'm like, and this is a decision. My first th thought in my mind is, is Tyler Lockett. It's Antonio Brown. It's Julio Jones. Those are the type of wide receivers that will get you to the championship. Chris Carson, this running game, phenomenal. I never thought I see a running game. As good as when Beast Mode was on there, he was like, oh, they've, they've, "They've done a good, they've done a good job with the. Uh, they they've used three running backs, but those three running backs, are doing just as good as, as Marshall, not better, not not anything. But they they've done a decent job, which is something the Seahawks have been looking for since Marshawn Lynch hung it up in Seattle. They they've tried to uh, fill that void, really. And right now, I'm happy with the Seahawks. I cannot be any more happy. If we don't make the playoffs, I'm like, okay. We didn't make the playoffs. But I am proud that the Seahawks have done this good. Proud of our line. Proud of our running back. Most definitely proud of Russell Wilson. Proud of Frank Clark. Proud of some of that defense. Some of it needs some work. I understand that. Most of the Seahawks is pretty good. I feel like we can't be any team, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll probably have a good fight. Listen to this: the 2018 Seattle Seahawks. The people who not think the Seahawks will be good after the Legion of Boom have left, they are in first. They're first in rushing yards. They're like, oh, the Seahawks are gonna make. They're deep in the playoffs because they haven't passed. They're, they're like 23rd in the passing game. Last time I checked, you're doing the same thing with Beast Mode. Last time I checked. Sometimes on second down, second and 15, we don't pass the ball. We give it to Beast Mode. You know why? We can trust him. You know why? Because he is there. That's what Chris Carson has been doing. That's what Mike Davis has been doing. They even run the ball. And Rochelle Penny, too. 
we got some good rookies. We we draft some pretty good rookies. Like sometimes we draft big name players. Sometimes we don't. A lot of our players have been have been dished off. Been like, nope, I don't want him. Seals just like, come on in. Join our system. Join this team to make a Super Bowl run. I don't think we're going to the Super Bowl. But I'm sure we will go deep into the playoffs. I'm done. Let's see. <clears throat> that was... Fourteen minutes and thirty, about fourteen twenty-five. How long you went off on them Seahawks? Now, you say that Earl Thomas, he wants he he says pay me or give me to Dallas. That's a fact. He either wants an extension with Seattle or Dallas. That's the bottom line. You can't argue that. Also. Don't you feel that there's kind of like a rift in the locker room because Russell Wilson has been pampered and more catered to than others? Not really. No. I think Earl Thomas, I think we're going to give them money to Earl Thomas. And we're not going to be like the Orioles. Give a sorry offer to one of the best players to play the position. Give him an offer if he don't like it. Oh, but I, we will give him an offer. We're not just going to let him walk out the door. The reason why we let Russell Sherman go was because we had stuff to deal with right now. And I feel like if the front office knew we were going to be this good, I think they would have signed over Thomas. I feel like the reason why they only signed those deals for Ty Lockett, Dwayne Brown, people like that, that's because they're trying to make it to the playoffs and they're trying to be the they're trying to prove people wrong. Two thousand thirteen season, I remember Russell Wilson quoting, "Why not us? You know, why not the Seahawks make the playoffs? Why not the Seahawks make the Super Bowl?" Are you nuts? Um, last time I checked, Thursday Night Football, the Cowboys beat the Saints. If that happens, anything can happen. Oh, come on. The Seahawks are winning the Super Bowl. You know how many teams they'd have to go through to get there? The Rams, the Saints. We put a good fight up against the Saints. If the Saints lose to the Cowboys and we beat the Cowboys, we're going to win to the Saints. Here's the problem right now. No, listen to me. Here's the problem right now. Chiefs, Rams, Saints. They all got one thing in common. Great offenses, but the defense cannot play. The, the Saints defense can play, you know. The Saints so what did you call that atrocity season? on Thursday night? It was an offensive atrocity. Defense we only gave up 13 points. This Dak Prescott, he's a bum. But 13 points. And it wasn't all Dak Prescott. It was more of Ezekiel Elliott. We stopped Ezekiel Elliott. 
you're missing my point. My point is, don't even talk, don't even mention, don't even. So get the fantasy out your head right now about the Seahawks and the Super Bowl because it ain't gonna happen. You know, it ain't gonna happen. The Bengals winning the playoff game. We, we, That's what ain't gonna we, happen. We've established the Bengals at infinitum. They're irrelevant, like they like they are when they step onto the football field. But my point still stands. And the thing that Seattle, and the thing that Seattle needs. <coughs> is home field advantage, which is something that if they make the playoffs, they're not going to have. Anyway, moving, happy on, either way. moving on to the Saints and Cowboys game. Break that down for me. And talk about how this loss killed the Saints' chances for the NFC East and or the NFC or for the first seed in the NFC and how this helps the Cowboys with their chances in making the playoffs and winning the division. My problem is on Thursday night. First of all, that I felt why would you put that on Thursday night? Because it's the Cowboys and because they're competing for a playoff spot and the Saints are the best team for and that game got the that's the most watched and that's the highest rated most watched Thursday night football game since they started doing it. Ninety five percent People probably thought that was going to be a blowout. You cannot tell me otherwise. That go- that game was... Blowout. It should have been a blowout, but it wasn't. It's my problem. Saints, do your job. Okay? Right now, we're trying to go... See, I'm trying to go for a wild card. And I'm trying to figure out why you can't win that game. Drew Brees, he just has to kind of to do. No, he doesn't. He's all right. He, I mean, he's he's good, but he's not a Tom Brady's level. Tom Brady's level, he's like, probably first, second quarter, he's like, okay. Locker room, he's like, I know what I need to do. I'm going to do it. Drew Brees, I know what I need to do. But I'm still figuring myself out. Too little, too late is what True Breeze did. How do you expect to be good if you only threw for 192 yards? It's the Cowboys. The Cowboys! Skip Bayless' team. The team that had Tony Romo as quarterback. That same team who's been disagreed for the past 10 years. I'm a Saints fan. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words if I'm a Saints fan. The reason how you cannot win that game is bizarre. It's bizarre. Y'all know Zeke is a great running back. I understand that. But that's it. Mari Cooper, he's decent. That Prescott, that's it. He he's Dak Prescott. He's okay. He's not. He's not a Brett Favre. Not a Tom Brady. Not a Russell Wilson. Not a Aaron Rodgers. He's been nowhere. 
the reason why I say that is when they were dominating in the division that year, they went. Two thousand and sixteen, they went yeah. like fourteen and two, thirteen and three, something like that. The fact that you lose to the Packers like that is makes no sense. That would have shut everybody's mouth that they would have won. That game. But the fact that they lost that game says, ha, you guys still can't win a game. Alvin Kamara. He looked horrible. Maybe the offensive line, maybe him, but. I've never seen him run like that. That was disgusting. Mark Ingram, same. I mean, their def- their defense is good, but it's not the best defense I've seen. I'm lost for words. That game... How the Saints at the end of the quarter... At the end of- yeah, the end of the third quarter, I think it was like 13-10, or after the fourth quarter, it was like 13 minutes ago, it was like 13-10. How for 13, maybe even half of 13, like seven minutes. For seven minutes, how do you not score? Like, you need a field goal. A, a, a field goal. Just tie the game. And you can't even do that. Michael Thomas, where was he? I didn't see him all game. He only saw him once in a while. That game was disappointing and embarrassing for the Saints. I just don't know what else more to say. It's honestly depressing. Like they lost that game. Okay. Switching. Let me get to one other thing before I get to the Seahawks matchup against the 49ers and the Richard Sherman beef and everything else. What are your thoughts on what Baker Mayfield said about Hugh Jackson? Shut up. Baker Mayfield, shut up. You've done nothing. Wait till next year. You, you'll see if you'll go back to the old Browns. Honestly, just say nothing. Let your play. Action speaks louder than words. Just shut up. The man was fired. It wasn't his choice to go. It's the front office saying, get out. Just leave. You're not able to come back. The fact that Baker Mayfield has something to say about it, like he was just like, "Oh, screw you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving." I mean, to be honest, he wasn't all that great of a coach. And back to what Job was saying earlier in his podcast, how if he was starting against the Steelers, they would have gotten smacked, smacked, because he's a rookie, and that was what, like the first, second game of the season, he didn't know first. he was doing. First. Exactly. First game of the season. You just got drafted. You expect me to put 
you over Tyrod Taylor, who's been in the playoffs and knows what he's doing. That just makes that makes no sense. Just shut up. Don't even talk nothing about it. Go Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Just skip the question. Just say a little bit, just like we won, what else do you want to talk about? That's it. You don't gotta run your mouth talking about this irrelevant stuff where just sounds like he doesn't know the whole situation at all. Just you're the Browns. You, you the whole organization has accomplished nothing. Do they even have a Super Bowl yet? You know the answer to that question. Exactly. You don't even have a Super Bowl. What are you talking about? You've been nowhere. You're you're just a rookie. You haven't even, you didn't make it to the playoffs at all. You're not even close to making the playoffs. The one accomplishment you have is you're better than the Bengals. That's it. Not not even not record wise. But switching gears to your Seahawks game against the uh, 49ers tomorrow. <coughs> And Richard Sherman's beef. First one, give me your take on Richard Sherman beef. Be short-winded with it, and then do the Seahawks. Give your thoughts on Seahawks and I touch on Richard Sherman first. Richard Sherman. I'm not gonna really say a lot, but I kind of feel his pain, but I feel like he's overreacting. He's kind of in his feelings right now. I feel like he's just throwing shade just to. Make him feel better, cause he really, he really wanted to stay on that team. I can tell, but he's just trying to play it off like it's nothing. What deep down in his heart, it really hurts him, and I'll be hurt too. My team that I played with, that drafted me, that I have success with, kicked me to the curb like that and caught me. I feel a certain type of way. So, why he's talking bad about Russell Wilson? He knows Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. He knows that any other quarterback except Tom Brady and all the other great quarterbacks when he came back from that Packers game. He knows that. Mr. Sherman is a good quarter cornerback. Good smack talk. I can tell. The best smack talker to ever live. But there's a point where like you need to dial it down a little bit. It's kinda in his feelings right now. He's mad, but he's over. He's he's too mad. Like it's okay to be upset, but don't get furious with them. I read a line. He's like, uh, "What do you think the fans' reaction gonna be?" He's like, "Is this like a normal game?" Nope, it's not. You're coming back to the same stadium where you played in. And I would feel a certain, I would kind of feel a little emotional. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. An emotional guy, it, I would feel emotional. Because it feels like I've been in this stadium for a while. And especially if they cheer him on like that, I feel a certain way. 
I'm gonna touch base real right here. The Cardinals, get a new field, please. I'm sick and tired of this. Will Disley, our tight end, Taurus Achilles or ACL, out for the year because of your trash field. Cam Chancellor, injured on your field. Richard Sherman, injured on your field. Get a new field. You're not playing on concrete. You're a national football team. Get a new field. Get some type of turf or something. But it's, it's like it's like guys are playing on concrete or some type of real cheap stuff. Not about the Seahawks on Sunday. I'm even gonna kick the 49ers, but but even if they had. The bomb, uh, Jimmy G, overhyped. Case Keenum, basically. They're going to win. Uh, I want to see what Richard Sherman's reaction is like, and also see off reaction when he comes back. I say it's going gonna to be a good game for the Seahawks. It's not going to be a good game for the 49 They're going to get, they're going to get smacked. Russell Sherman is the only player who might stop, uh, might only get an interception. They don't have nobody else. They don't have Jimmy Graham. Not Jimmy Graham. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. They're out. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garcon are out. So, that's done. Their star running back, I don't know who that is, was injured, injured like in the first three weeks. So, Gonna be easy. Uh, I watch probably like maybe two quarters because like it's probably the type of game where like I don't even need to watch. <coughs> but um, I'll be heated if uh if uh, it's another Bengals Browns game. Like if the Forty Nineers just wail on us, I'm gonna be mad. Well, Ian, thanks for joining us here on his first ever appearance on the I'm Tell Like I Tell You's podcast. Coming up next, giving my picks for week 13 in the NFL right after this. Back with you on the I'm Tell Like I Tell You's podcast. One last thing, then get on up out of here for this episode. Give you my picks for week 13 in a league where they play for pay. Cleveland and Houston. Point spread uh, is Houston's favorite at minus six. Over on the number combined points is 48. I will take Houston to win the game 31-21. Rams and Detroit. Rams are favorite at minus 10 and minus 10. Over under combined points 54 and a half. I'll take the Rams to win 35-24. Kansas City and Oakland. Kansas City is favorite at minus 15 and a half. Over under combined points 55. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs to win. Remember, no Kareem Hunt because he couldn't keep his hands to himself. I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs. 35-17. Atlanta and Baltimore. I will t- I will take Baltimore to beat Atlanta by the final score of 24-21. to Baltimore's favorite at minus a point over under number combined points is for tonight. How in the world are they going to get rid of all that SEC championship stuff that's plastered all over Mercedes-Benz Stadium 
in such a short amount of time, I have no idea. But it looks like they're going to have to burn a midnight oil, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Indianapolis is favored at minus four over under a number combined points, 47 and a half. I will take Indianapolis to win 26-20. Seattle going up against San Francisco. I will take Seattle to win the game. They're favored minus 10. I'll take Seattle to win 31-17. New England and Minnesota. I will... New England, Minnesota. New England's favorite at minus five and a half over over under number combined points forty eight and a half. I'll take New England to win the game at home in Foxborough where they never lose in December. I gave you that stat earlier in the podcast. I'll take New England to win by a touchdown, twenty eight twenty one. Cincinnati and Denver. Denver favorite at minus five and a half over under combined points is forty two and a half points. I will take Denver to beat my Bungles once again, twenty eight to seventeen. Pit uh Chicago and the Giants. Chicago's favorite at minus four and a half points. Over on the combined points is 45. Uh, I'll take the Bears to win the game 25-20. Arizona and Green Bay. Green Bay's favorite at minus uh, Green Bay's favorite at minus two touchdowns. 14 points. Over on the combined points 44 and a half. I will take Green Bay to win the game 44-14. to 14. Miami and Buffalo. Miami's favorite at minus five and a half. I'll take Buffalo to win the game and the points. 24-17. And the... Uh, where am I? Uh, shoot. Where the heck am I? Los Angeles and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favorite at minus three and a half. Over under combined points, 52. I'll take Pittsburgh to win 27-24, but I'll take Los Angeles with the three with the three and a half points with the points. Remember, I think Pittsburgh will win the game. And the Sunday night game will be of the... Oh, shoot, I got three more games left. That's stupid. Uh, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Carolina's favorite at minus three and a half points. Over under combined points is 56. I'll take Carolina to win 30-21. Buffalo by... Buffalo and Miami. Uh, I'll take Buffalo. I'll take excuse me. I'll, yeah, I'll take Buffalo to win twenty four seventeen. I'll take Buffalo plus five as well. New York, uh, the Jets and the Titans. Tennessee's favorite at minus seven and a half over under combined points forty and a half. I'll take Tennessee to win, but I'll take the Jets with the points. I'll take Tennessee to win twenty four seventeen. Washington and Philadelphia, the Redskins and the Eagles. You heard Brennan touch on this earlier in the podcast. Uh, and I'll take in Philadelphia's favorite at minus six over the combined points. It's forty-four points total. I'll take Philadelphia. I'll tie with the point spread, but I'll take Philadelphia to win the game. Washington needs to win this game to uh, save their season and stay alive. They need to win this game. I'll take Philadelphia to win. As Brendan, <laughs> as Brendan uh, snarls at me, but I'll take Philadelphia to win twenty-six to twenty. I'd like to thank Brendan Dillon for allowing me to use his estate for as the site for this episode for another episode of the I've been his podcast. I thank him for joining me. I thank Ian for joining me as well. This has been another episode of the I've been podcast with your host, your truly Jai Isaac Shields. Yes, my middle name is Isaac. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review and a star rating right below. Talk to you next week. Take care. God bless. Happy holidays. See you.